I am mentorship. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to season two of the I Am Podcast, where your voice matters. Let's get it cracking. Once again, people, we have a jack of all trades. And dare I say, she's a master of them all. She can play it. She can coach it. She can teach it. She can train it. And when it comes to extreme heat sports, she owns it. Laquita Thompson! I am mentorship. Hi, it's Laquita Thompson, and I'm the founder of the I Am Podcast. And on tonight's episode, I would just like to share with you my coaching experience and some of the lessons that I learned in that journey that really pertains to a lot of the issues that we see now Uh, coming up with coaches and players. Um, Many times, you you know, I've I've told my story when I'm working with my kids. I tell them, uh, you know, when they come to me and they're upset because they're not getting a lot of playing time or they may have a coach that is, you know, not the best coach and not supportive and not motivating and making them feel like they're just not a top-notch player. And I'll I'll always share with them my experience um, coming up playing playing basketball. I didn't always have a a positive coach coaching me, uh, to put it nicely. (laughs) Um, I, I remember distinctly, I remember moments of just feeling worthless of just feeling completely humiliated. I remember those moments where after games, you know, and I would go home after smiling in the gym after a game and pretending and, and, and staging as my mentor calls it. I remember going home and crying and just, um, just sad. After, participating or not participating by sitting on the bench in something that I really loved, which was sports, which was basketball. So I always tell the kids, I know how, I know how it feels. I know what you're going through and I want to show you how to get through it. Like I did. What's really crazy to me is that even though I lived in a household uh, that was supportive uh, I always talk about my grandparents and my, my parents and my uncles and aunts who were there and they would try to encourage me and they would always try to make me remember who I was and how talented and intelligent I was. But the negativity that I received from some of my coaches at that time always would override the positivity from home. Those would be the things that I remember. Those would be the feelings and the energy that would stick with me harder and stronger than the things that I was hearing from my parents of love and of support and of and of and of and of positivity. And I'll never forget this moment. Um, this is after after being in school and graduated, you know, and finishing, and now I'm working with kids. And 
I was I was I was doing a uh, a free throw contest with one of my one of my kids I was training. And I was talking noise to her and I was like, yeah, you can't beat me shooting. I'm the best shooter in the world. You know, just trying to get in her head. And she would be like, coach, you ain't nobody. You, I mean, you, you can't beat me or whatever. So we're just going back and forth and we're shooting free throws. And you had to shoot so many in a row. And I was knocking them down. One in a row. Two, three, four, five, six. And I got to number nine and I made nine. And the funniest thing happened after I made that ninth free throw. From nowhere, in my thoughts and in my mind, all I could hear was the negative voice from the coach that coached me when I was younger. And at that moment, as I bounced the ball, And I put it in the shot pocket, getting ready to shoot my free throw like I had done the nine times up to that point. And what do you think happened? Yep, if you said I missed it, you are absolutely correct. That weirded me out for that moment and I stopped and I just had to tell her, I said, let me explain to you what just happened, why I missed that free throw. Even though I made nine in a row, just shooting like I know I could shoot, when I got to that last one, his voice just came to my mind and I heard his voice and I felt that negativity and that energy and I missed that last free throw. And I'll never forget that. What what that showed me was how powerful, how powerful our words are and how impressionable we are when we work with kids. A lot of times in this industry as coaches and trainers, because we're so competitive and we want to win, we don't realize what we're doing to the athletes that we work with. And so I had to learn that lesson also in my beginning years of coaching. Because the only way I knew how to coach was how I had been coached. Not by my grandfather, not by my dad, not by my uncles or, you know, family, but how I had been coached by the coaches in my high school and a little bit of the coaches I had in college that weren't supportive. And I remember my my first year in coaching was absolutely horrible because I I had taken on a personality that really wasn't me. And I should have known better because that's how I felt when I was playing as a young kid. But I didn't recognize it in the beginning. And so I was just really tough on those guys. And, and, And I was coaching boys basketball. And so I was really tough on those boys. I mean, I I was doing some of the exact same things that had been done to me. I was humiliating them in front of the team. I remember one time after a game we lost, and I was just hollering at them and screaming at them and cussing at them in the, in the locker room. And after a game we lost, I made them run right after the game in front of the, the whole gym. I mean, I was just horrible. 
I was, I, I, I am completely honest. I was completely horrible as a coach and as a mentor because I was trying so hard. I think as I look back at that, I was trying so hard to prove myself as a female coach that I just completely lost myself. And in the midst of that, I was losing my kids. So that year was horrible. <laughs> just let me tell you, I don't even know if we won any games that year, but it was absolutely horrible. I remember getting beat by 50 points one time or 40 points or whatever. And, and the more I hollered and the more I screamed and the more I stomped on the ground and the more I was just, you know, outraged and doing these things, the more they just really disconnected and we just continued to lose. And it wasn't until my second year of coaching that I had a life-changing experience within myself where I finally realized where I had to grow up and mature and I had to come to my present and not continue to live out of my past. And, uh, you know, and, and I always say, you know, we all need mentors, we, we all need someone to talk to and we all need someone to hold us accountable. We, 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 can't, do, we can't do this life by, by ourselves, even though a lot of times we try. You cannot do this life by yourself. And so I was lucky that I had a mentor and I had people, uh, new people in my life that were holding me accountable and that were helping me to really take a deep look at me. And so I had a I had a, a life changing moment. And so when I came into my second year of coaching, it was a completely change inside of me, which allowed me to give those kids a better experience in being players for me. Now I said I had negative coaches, but I had. Three coaches that I remember in my life who were very inspiring to me. I remember one of the coaches in Morton, his name is Coach Mason, and uh, we all loved Coach Mason. Coach Mason, was a, he was our science teacher, and he was a basketball coach, football coach, but he was the one who taught me how to play defense and the form of defense, and he really motivated me, and defense became something that I just really became great at. To this day, I love Coach Mason. Coach Shake, Coach Deanna Shake at my college at Abilene Christian University. She was, she had a, she had a, she had a, um, not weird way, but she had a special way of inspiring you because she took the time to really get to know you without you knowing she was getting to know you. So she had a way to really motivate you. She had a way to use you against you to motivate you to do better and to want to do better. She she was a great person. And I remember a couple of times because of her, I did a couple of things that I probably wouldn't have just done on my own. But because she challenged me, so to speak. I did those things, and I'll never forget those moments with Coach Shake. Coach Shake, I love you. If you're ever listening to this, I want you to know how much I love you. I love you to death, Coach. Um, and to this day, we keep in contact. 
And and then there was a coach when I first got to Abilene Christian. He was he I only was with him for a little while, but he was also res- respectful of me. Even though I wasn't a kid that he chose for a scholarship, he was he he respected me and he was nice to me. And he had a good spirit. And so my second year of coaching, I think um, a mixture of those coaches and then of my family, I, I became a new coach. And I understood what it meant in working with these kids and how impressionable our words and our actions are. So I went from a one year where I was just a complete butthole I'll just I was a complete butthole a complete jerk and was not inspiring those kids and lost the connection with those guys and we just had a terrible season to turning my life over the next year and becoming a championship team how did I do that and this part of my story really I want to direct it to a lot of the coaches who are coaching the youth right now. Um, some of the things that I see now in the industry really breaks my heart because I understand how those kids feel and I, and, and I see myself in the beginning of it. My second year was an awesome year because I put the kids first. I love those boys as if they were my own, and I treated them with respect, and I was fair, and I would do my best to give them equal time and equal opportunity in some form or fashion. I found ways to put the strong with the weak and give everybody an opportunity to to show what their strength was and put them in a position where their strength could be seen and they could feel good about themselves and their parents could feel good about them and and congratulate them at the end and just really be supportive. We, we I, I made us a family. I, I let them know that I was on their side and I had their back. And I, I, I put them in a position to take ownership of the team and take ownership of one another, to take ownership of themselves. And I utilize them in ways to give them opportunities to be leaders, to give them opportunities to even challenge some of their other talents that they didn't even know that they had. But the biggest thing that I did was I put them first and I loved them. I didn't degrade them. I didn't, I didn't cuss them out. I didn't make them play when they were hurt. I didn't, I didn't uh, you know, try to embarrass them. I tried to inspire and motivate them. And in that change of that second year, we became a family. We became very close, very close. We became supportive. We began to have fun. We would have little slogans. We would just do things together like a family would. I would assign some to be my assistant coach or I would assign some to lead something in practices. And I gave them responsibilities. I congratulated them. I patted them on their back. I let them know how much I appreciated them and I loved them. And that year we were an awesome team. And I'll never forget that team. 
I'll never forget my sophomore team at Hightower High School in that experience, in the feeling, in the connectedness that we had. And that's what mentorship is all about. That's what coaching is supposed to be all about and training and work with, working with our kids. Too many times we'll, we'll see the news or we'll read an article or we'll, you know something will come up about a coach who is a, a, a whole team has decided they're leaving a program because of the coach. Too many times in just this couple of years, we've had coaches being fired because of of complaints going to the athletic director of the coaches being too mean, the coaches just being, you know, abusive and harass, you know, harassing them. That's not what mentorship and coaching is about. And it breaks my heart every time that I read that article or I hear about that situation. I really believe that before um, coaches are put into positions to work with youth, that there should be some kind of training and some kind of screening, um, some kind of development program or process in place to make sure that that adult is ready to work with kids. Because I'm an example of what um, negativity and words can do to you, even when you become an adult. Missing that last free throw just by remembering the voice of that coach that who, who would humiliate me, distracted me, and I missed that. Even that right there, I understand what it means and what it feels like to have that inner voice sometimes working inside of you, still trying to take control of what you do and make you feel worthless and make you feel fearful and give you anxiety and telling you that you can't do it. But that's not what mentorship or coaching is about. Mentorship and coaching and, and working with kids is about reaching out to these young people and loving them giving them a reason to play, giving them a reason to come to practice, getting them to think about life and think about things differently, giving them new habits, being that positive light for them because you have no idea what their home dynamics may look like. Mentorship is about teaching them about your life, telling them about your journey, allowing your life experience to be the story that's going to help one of those kids that you're coaching. It's about talking about the power that lives in you. It's about letting them know how talented they are and what, what, how important they are and the role that they have on that team is important, but to give them life lessons and connect those life lessons and life learning opportunities with the game that they're playing. That's what mentorship and coaching is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about touching that one kid and making that one kid's life just because you gave him an opportunity to start that game and he was not expecting it. 
mentorship is about giving them high five when they make mistakes, but still giving them high five when you take them out the game and say, let's get it together. It's going to be okay. Coaching and mentorship is about not taking them, uh, you know, off the court, off the court, and just completely losing it on them because they made a mistake or they're not quite doing what you want, or you know, just just being so disrespectful and hurtful. I want to call out to all those coaches who you're working with, kids right now in the sport. I I, I want to challenge you to. to to, to, to really begin to learn who your kids are and begin to learn what motivates each one and find ways and find their uniqueness and begin to start putting them in, in a position to be successful and to start just seeing them for who they are and not trying to make them be anything other than that. To start making being a part of your program, fun and exciting and something that they look forward to, to find activities to do team building things and, um, you know, individual growth. Because mentorship and coaching should be about wanting your kids that when they leave you, they are new people. They have grown into a different person that is a little bit of, um, you know, a few steps Uh, more prepared for life than they were when they walked in the gym or on the court with you. It's about putting positive things inside of them that would help them for if they have a rough home dynamic, something that they can go back into their mind about practice or about game that will, you know, enlighten them or or give them a smile or, or just make them feel good at that moment. So I want to challenge you to start getting to know your kids, getting to know your players, getting to know who they are, what their backgrounds are, so that you'll know how to talk to them, how to motivate them, how to inspire them, how to challenge them, how to reach them so that you can get the most out of them. I want to challenge coaches to, and and I know it's hard because you want to win. We all want to win. Of course you want to win. You play the game to win. But find time, find a way that even when you're not winning, to still be that positive light for those kids and for those athletes that you're working with, even on the collegiate level, because we see it a lot on the collegiate level and especially, especially on the girls' side. Find ways to motivate your players, inspire them. Unite them. Find ways to encourage them, to challenge them. Find ways to be a true mentor to them for someone that they can look up to because you may be the only person that they have in their life that they can talk to or look up to. Know when they're suffering. Know when they're in need. And find ways to fill that need the right way. Respect them as human beings. Talk to them as human beings. Treat them as human beings. Find ways to do that. I I challenge you coaches that are out there because I think we've gotten, we've gone too far. In many instances, I've seen that 
coaches and what, what you're doing with players, you've gone too far. And a lot of times, uh, some of the players, some parents may not even know it and some parents may condone it, but we've gone too far. I remember seeing an incident a few months ago of a football coach coaching a little youth football team. And this coach went off on this player and slammed, just completely knocked him out twice on the ground. And this is a little kid. And I, rem- I remember how angry that made me because I'm like, okay, so where's the parents? Why is nobody stopping this coach? Why is this okay? We got to do a better job of who we allow coaching our kids. And we need to do a better job of screening them, preparing them. There should be a process in place. But I'm talking to coaches at all levels and in every sport. If you're working with the next generation in the, in the area of, of sports, I challenge you to do better. I challenge you to look at yourself and see what are you giving them while you're sitting there fussing and screaming and hollering at them. What are you giving them? What are you putting in them? Why should they respect you? Why should they continue to play for you? I want the parents, I want, I, I, I want your parents to look and really look at the coaches who are working with your kids and make a decision. Is it really worth it? Because those negative moments and those negative times with those coaches, your kids are never going to forget. And it's going to affect them in their life as they get older, no matter what you may think, no matter. See, I think what, one of the things before I close We'll say we want, we want somebody that's going to push our kids and work them and get the most out of them. But a lot of people, coaches, don't know how to do that. And so a lot of times we think by cussing and cursing, you know, and, and talking bad and hollering and screaming and yelling and all these things, we call that pushing them. But is it really effective? Everybody has a different way to be motivated. Everybody has a different way to be pushed. Everybody has a different way to find that drive. And it's our jobs as coaches and trainers and mentors working with the youth to find what those clicks and what those triggers and what those things are to get the most out of our kids. So that's my challenge is let's do a better job of mentorship. Let's do a better job of coaching. Let's do a better job of selecting who we decide coaches our kids. And let's do better. Let's do better. Because these kids are our future. And they'll never forget. They'll never forget those words that you say to them. They'll never forget those moments where you mistreated them. They'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. And then we have to also understand and keep in mind mental health is so important. You have no idea the mental um, stability or instability that some of the kids you're working with are living with. You never know how you are truly affecting them mentally and emotionally. So coaches, let's do better. Let's do better. 
I think in another episode, I'm going to give out maybe 10 tips on things that we can do working with our youth to get the most out of them. And it may be ways that are new to you, maybe ways that are old to you. But I really want to challenge you to do better with working with these kids, especially now, because they've gone through so much and they go through so much and we don't know what their life really is like. So why not work to be the light of their life for the moment and the time that you have them? Because you see them a lot more than mom or dad may, may, you know, in a week or in a month or in a year. So I want to challenge us to do better with mentorship. We are mentorship. It does take a village to raise a kid, to raise a child. Let's be that village together. And let's do it the right way. Let's do it the way where we leave a legacy inside of them where they say, hey, I want to be just like coach such and such because she was really great. The same feeling I have about Coach Shake, the same feeling that I have about Coach Mason, and of course, the same feeling that I have about my grandfather, about my dad, about my uncles, and about my family. Let's be those kind of coaches and mentors, the ones that they remember and they will, and they will be inspired to do better and to want to be and fight to be successful. Hey, remember, the power lives in you. You can do it, you can be it, you can accomplish it if you just believe it. All right, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the I Am Podcast, brought to you by Extreme Heat Sports and Fat Bars Records and Multimedia. We'll be back soon with another inspiring story from the voices of today. See you soon.